When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Brace for Winnings is a production of iHeartRadio. Brace for Winnings, your weekly stop for all things wagering on the NFL. An iHeartRadio podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. And here we go, NFL Week 17. Let's get after it. Sean Brace here, Brace for Winnings, the third installment here on this podcast. We appreciate your press and play, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. On this episode, you're going to hear from future Hall of Famer, one of the great New Orleans Saints of all time, Jari Evans, will be joining us in studio, talking all things Eagles and Saints, and giving us the breakdown from the mentality, what it takes for some of these players out there when their teams aren't exactly having the success at the end of the season. What is there to play for? We're going to find out Jaws' take on that and a whole lot more. Six-pack of picks featuring all the big games for this upcoming weekend. And as always, three questions from the NFL week that was. All right, JJ, question number one. I'm getting a little selfish here. It's me. I want to whine a little bit. Can I do that? Can Can you just lend me your ears for a second? Oh, you're acting else? like this is the first time you're going to whine about something, Sean Brace. I took the worst beating, the worst bad beat in my year of sports gambling. And it hurts to even bring it back up. And I'm telling you right now, I need to see Christian Watson with two crutches or else I'm not going to be satisfied. Would with- a boot be satisfied? No. No, okay. Because it was a hip. No. <laughs> For the people that might not know, it was Christmas Day, and Kristen Watson rolled in like the Grinch and stole Christmas from me. I took the player prop over of 53 and a half yards on DraftKings Sportsbook, and we were well on our way to cashing that in in an easy rocket chair winner on Christmas Day. And six catches, and 49 yards later, Christian Watson called it a day due to a bad hip right before half, and I came away a loser! Oh, my goodness. That was the worst beat I suffered all year, and especially when it comes to the NFL, John. I I just feel like a lot of us out there that are listening right now, we've all experienced this before, and 
it took the wind out of my sails for wagering on the rest of those games. And, of course, we had NBA games to get to. I couldn't even watch the TV without seeing Christian Watson in a sweatshirt on the sideline. I'm still having PTSD right now to speak. As a wise man once said, Sean Brace, to quote the great Frank Sinatra, that's life. <laughs> get over it. Injuries happen in the NFL, Sean. This isn't the first prop in the history of sports to not cash because of an injury. It's part of sports. It's part of life. Christian Watson, hope you're doing all right. Sean, your bank account, I think it'll be just fine. Six, Maybe. I don't know about that, actually. Six catches. That one I can't guarantee. And he can't go over 53 yards? What's going on there? And Rodgers missed him on a on a breakaway uh, post pattern over the middle. I mean, he was wide open for six, and he missed him. He overthrew him. Six catches, he can't get over 54 yards? What's this guy doing? Catching them but screens? Come on! Ugh. Anyways. I'm glad you got one. that off your chest? Yeah. You good? I, you good? I, okay. I feel, I feel okay. much better. All right, question number two. JJ, would you put money on them boys when it comes to playoff time? Of course, I'm talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Big-time victory over the Eagles on Christmas Eve. Final score, 40-34. to 34. Defense looked okay. Dak Prescott looked really good. CeeDee Lamb looked even better. But when it comes to wagering on the Dallas Cowboys, number one, you know they're not going to have home field throughout. And number two, you just feel like something is on the horizon that's going to bring doom and gloom to that franchise. I don't know if it's the Jerry Jones karma. I don't know what it is. But I just never have a good vibe when it comes to the playoffs and the Dallas Cowboys. Without going all Stephen A. on it here, your thoughts on when it comes to putting money on the Dallas Cowboys, this playoff run, where do you stand? You know, I think you look at some of the numbers, and of course they jump out. Dak Prescott, 347 yards. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, great game, 10 receptions, 120 yards. You know, everything looks good in this game, but the problem that has been persistent with Dallas that is going to get them at some point is the turnovers. And Dak Prescott still had a game-changing turnover. Now, of course, the Eagles are with a backup quarterback in Gardner Minshew, so there were some miscues, some bad throws that led to four turnovers, but Dak Prescott threw a pick six in the beginning of the game. And those interceptions have been happening all season. It's what lost them against Jacksonville. So, you look, the EPA numbers, the metrics, everything is saying Dallas is looking like maybe the best team in the NFC. But if you look at how Philadelphia is playing, you look at how San Francisco is playing, just look with your eyes a little bit and you see those teams are running much more efficiently than Dallas is. Dallas, good. We know they're talented. We know Dak Prescott can be a good quarterback, but it's the back-breaking interceptions, the back-breaking turnovers that are happening over and over again, and that's not going to cut it in the playoffs. Yes, I like Dallas. I think they're one of the better teams in the NFC, but in terms of buying in on them to win the NFC, I still think they are a step below the Eagles, and I still think they're a step below San Francisco. All right, a couple things. First of all, DraftKings Sportsbook, when it comes to the futures on the Cowboys right now as we sit to win the NFC 5-1 to one plus 500 to represent the NFC in Arizona and to win it all to win the Super Bowl, which nobody should be believing because it's the Dallas Cowboys 11-1, to one, and I need a little bit more bang for my buck, believe it or not, to back Dallas. You talked about the player side. I'm going to talk about Mike McCarthy. And he is a guy that struggles with clock management. Have we seen it this year all that much? No. Is that because he's improved in that department? I don't know. I think he does have some people that are helping him. But at the end of the day, when things are moving really fast, we see those clock management situations really plagued him in the previous year. So I, I just look at from afar, Dallas, I do have them listed as a team that can win the Super Bowl. They are one of my teams that are definitely on that list. But when it comes to my money going on the Cowboys, I'm going to choose other. 
other options. I'm either going to back the birds or the 49ers to come out of the NFC. If you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, you're rolling your eyes on it, good. You should believe in your team. But if you're not backing the star, then you know exactly where I stand. And I'm pretty sure we're all going to be in agreement on that one. Question number three, JJ, as we roll into NFL Week 17. And the Cowboys are up for this conversation as well. Big time game on Thursday night. I don't know about that. Big time favorite on Thursday night. We can agree on that. We can agree on that. Who is the best team in the NFL right now heading into week 17? Now, the Philadelphia Eagles, I can't take out of this conversation because when they have their starting quarterback available, they have been the best team in the NFL. But they did lose last week, and there were some maybe minor concerns. Even when Jalen Hurts is playing more of, they were turning the ball over a little bit more. It didn't have the greatest game against Chicago, but... The team that is really caught on, and they went to the Super Bowl last year, and they have just picked up where they left off. Joe Burrow continues to get better. Their defense continues to be one of the most well-coached defenses in the league. Cincinnati has that look again of a complete team, of a team that just gets it done in gritty games, but also has the talent to really blow you out. Now, I know things got a little bit close against the Patriots, but they were basically in control of that game most of the way on the road. They're making things just look easy. And I would say Cincinnati, to me, if you want to look at complete teams offensively, defensively, I think Cincinnati may be that team, maybe slightly behind the Eagles when it's all said and done. But right now, heading into Week 17, to me, it's probably Cincinnati. You go with the Bengals, and I'm going to stay on the AFC side as well. The only reason why I'm not saying the Philadelphia Eagles is because of what the situation is with Jalen Hurts. Healthy Jalen Hurts didn't miss any time. I'm saying the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team in the NFL, as they have been all season long, and they have the best record in the NFL. I'm looking at the Kansas City Chiefs. I looked at what everybody needed to do this offseason to get better, and I felt like a lot of teams in the AFC did make some moves. But all in all, it's still the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. And I want to give credit to the Cincinnati Bengals. They've been playing great. And we got an awesome game on Monday night. It's a one-point spread in favor of Buffalo on the road in Cincinnati. I actually like the Bills. We'll talk more about that one a little bit later in our six-pack of picks. But you look at what the Kansas City Chiefs were supposed to lose when they lost Tyreek Hill. And guess what? They're still in a four-year high in yards per play without him this year, 6.4. Last year, 6.1, 2020, 6.3, 6.2 the year before. You know this, and everybody else should know this as well. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, that is a deathly combination right there of head coach and quarterback. And as long as I still have those two on the playing field, I don't care who they're going up against, I'm going to give the edge to the Kansas City Chiefs, whether they're on the road or at home. I like the Chiefs to prevail. I like the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl in Arizona, no matter the path, but things will be a little bit easier if they're able to get that overall number one seed, and hopefully they do, as then I could cash my plus 160 bet that I made a few weeks ago on DraftKings Sportsbook. Either way, we got two weeks left in the NFL regular season. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how this breaks out. All right, in studio with us today, we got ourselves a special guest, the one and only Mr. Jari Evans. And Josh joining us in studio right now. What up, Josh? What do, fellas? What up? What up? Jari Evans knows a thing or two about some meaningful football in December and January. I would say that. First of all, let me go ahead and hit the accolades here. Uh, First and foremost, a four-time first-team All-Pro, six-time Pro Bowler, the All-Decade team, which is unbelievable, Josh. 
yeah. Super Bowl champion. And uh, a little shout out to our good friend Gerald Colton here. He, he Ja, you were the you were once the highest paid guard in NFL history. Yep. Nice work, Gerald. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of the right, best. The, the only reason why it was because the agent, right? Yeah, I mean, the agent. He's one of the best contract lawyers in the game. I remember my conversation with him when I, I held out for like two weeks of training camp because they didn't want to pay me. They were like, "Oh, I need to make a Pro Bowl." Da, da, da. So I was like, "I was like, Gerald, I did what I had to do. Now it's time to get me paid." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, that was a Pro Bowl that kept them from paying for yeah, me, even though it's fan voted and the oh. Pro Bowl just almost means nothing. Okay. But you know, it's the business side of the game that a lot of players don't like. And um, but it, it is a business, man. As much as you know, it is. They pay us to do a job. It's our job to go out there and execute and play the game at an elite level. And um, they'll use things against you to not pay you. I mean, it just is what it is, right? The fans yeah. didn't like you this year, Jari. What <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, ja is also one of the 28 semifinalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame's class of 2023. Ja, that is just incredible. Uh, when you were growing up playing as a, a young boy in peewee football, did you ever Never think- played peewee. Never played what? peewee? <laughs> Never played peewee. What? Didn't put the pads on until ninth grade, JV, oh. Frankfurt High School. Jeez. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right, when you put the pads on in ninth that's grade, right. did you think, oh, my goodness, this is going to turn into man. a career that's going to result in Canton? No, I, I I didn't, even though I had those goals to be an NFL player. I, I you know, I, I don't think I was able to foreshadow, you know, all those accolades. Unbelievable, yeah. man. That's a great story right there. Thank Love you, it. And, uh, of course, to catch everybody up, John, you did some digging. We're down to 28. Of course, we're going to cut it down to 15, and then it goes to five who gets inducted into next year's Hall of Fame class. We don't know when the exact date that they're no, cutting down to No, I just got January, so yeah. sometime next month you'll yeah. figure it out. Who I, knows when? I, I would imagine it's going to happen over the course of this upcoming weekend, right? Yeah, well, I, I think so, and then I think they announced the five at Super Bowl. Actually. Yes, yeah. So that's when we find everything out. And and look, I know you know this, and I'm sure everybody else out there, if they do dig deep into the uh, offensive lineman numbers, even though it is a, a a it seems like like you know all awards go to quarterback, like Heisman Trophy goes to a quarterback. Yeah. You know, you might as well just rename it. It's tough sledding for offensive linemen to get looked at, but. Uh, I read this a few times. The eye in the sky don't lie. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I, I miss guys like like John uh, Madden and, you know, Baldy is a great guy that oh, highlights yeah. the O-line. But you have some of the commentators and some of the sports writers and the analysts that really highlight the O-line play. And we all say it starts with uh, up front, but I just encourage, you know, those voters and stuff to – if they really want to know, just go watch the film. That yep. is, you're right. John Madden was a big proponent of yep. offensive line. Boom. He was great at breaking it down. Yeah. Get those big old paws on him. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Paws. <laughs> you know, of course, with the Eagles and Saints going ahead, it, it, head to head, it was perfect to get you in. Uh, and it was very unfortunate this week with the holiday, the way it was. We were unable to do the All Pro Show on Monday, and I was like, we got to get John's voice out there. It's a big yep. week for you, of course. Uh, but it, there's something else that ties in from your your playing career to what we're dealing with now and, and it goes across the landscape of the NFL altogether but here specifically with the Eagles injuries you did not miss a single game in the first seven years of yeah, the man. NFL you only missed nine total games in your 12-year career correct man I only missed seven in 11 years with the Saints and then my last year in Green Bay we didn't make the playoffs when we lost to Carolina and I was like listen man my last snap is going to be with one of the best QBs to ever play. So I didn't play the last two games. Our line was banged up. My right tackle was out. Corey Lindsley was the only guy that played all 16 games that year. So, um, And then I think I was the next guy that played 14. 
So I don't know if you have an exact number for this, but how many games did you almost miss? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Good question. Good question. I mean, it was times on, on Monday where I'm like, I can't go this week. You know, like, I, I just can't go. But Like knee, shoulder? Knee, ankle, toe. I had turf toe one year. I oh. put like three or four games on the, mm. on the Super Bowl season. I put three, four games on a bad turf toe. I played with a plate in my, in my shoe to not let the toe get extended and uh, you know lose that you know that tendon to those uh, to those nodes on the bottom of the big toe, so so I wouldn't have to get surgery. But but yeah, there's plenty of wind. You know, Mondays. You made that sounds so casual. But yeah. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, had a just plate to make sure the tendon's not really falling off. Here. I remember going against. I heard it against. I think Chris Jenkins when he was with the Jets on like a bull rush in New York, and it just and it just strained it and it hurt. They actually moved my position on field goal pro to the other side so that foot wouldn't be back. <laughs> no <laughs> way. Gotta have you on Phil Go Pro. We got, I'm like, yo, just take me off of this drill. Like, <laughs> gotta have you on Phil Go Pro. We're gonna, we're gonna move you to the other side, Coach Max. We're gonna move you to the other side so that foot isn't back. I'm like, yo, y'all gonna find a way <laughs> to get me on this Phil Go Pro. But the kicking game is important. So there's been Mondays and Wednesdays where I'm just like, man, I can't go. But you know, I was I was ready to go by Sunday. You know, 24 hours matters, 12 hours matters, six hours matters for guys. So I mean, you know, the closer you can get to the game, um, if you're able to to muster up the, you know, the ability to go out there and play, you you want to have your best players out there. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and bring it to present day here, Ja. And the Eagles are in a really interesting spot because even if they were to lose out the next two weeks, I just don't see who's you know everything needs to go right for the other teams. Yeah. So. In my mind, that's got to be the way that they're thinking about it down there at the Novacare Complex. Like, yes, if we can get Jalen Hurts back, we'd love to have him. But ultimately, if he doesn't play, there's a lot that has to go right. And, of course, we got to lose our final two games, which you got to believe what we just saw against the Cowboys, although it wasn't the prettiest of performances. Bottom line, they still threw up a bunch of points, and I still think that they can beat a lot of teams in the NFL. Over to Jalen Hurts. Let's just start with this real quick question for you and, and what you know is it as simple as if Jalen Hurts can go, he will go? I think it it can be that simple, but at the same time, would you want him to take more hits these last two games and not be, you know, better for the playoffs? Because he could still take hits in these RPO options. Teams can force him to keep the ball in his hands, which, you know, what they're showing him, and he could take hits, you know, square hits up on linebackers like he did in Chicago that probably got him hurt. So, I would suggest lean towards not playing him and have a, a, a more healthy player come playoff time because you know what he can do. You know, even if you do play him, you're not going to want him to run the ball and take the hits anyway. So, But that's a big part of your game. Defenses play you different when your quarterback can run. So I, I think that they can win with uh, Minshew. Um, I think they could have beat Dallas with, with Minshew if it wasn't for, what, three or four turnovers. Yeah. Like, it was pretty ugly in that aspect. You just have to keep Minshew from – making certain throws that is going to get intercepted. And, and that's where, you know, maybe a week or two more practice, more preparation, he, he can eliminate those uh, negative plays and turnovers. So it can be as easy as, hey, Jalen Hurts, I'm a gamer. Uh, I realize this is the first time we're back at home field here. If I win this game, we win this game, we lock up the one seed, which is extremely important. You get that by, it's a huge deal. We'll talk about it. Especially now for the Eagles, considering even the plethora of injuries that have happened. Absolutely. So, again, but it it sounds like, Ja, that it's not as easy as that, right? Because we all know that Jalen Hurts is a gamer. Yeah. He wants to play. Yeah. He wants to be out there. 
So how does that discussion go down? Is that a front office, Howie Roseman with the head coach, Sirianni? Is that a straight Sirianni call? Does Jalen Hurts have any input on that, if you had to guess? Well, uh, yeah, most definitely. The player does, and and I think there's – a couple levels of communication. You have front office with coaches, then you have coaches with players, then you have players with um, your uh, athletic training staff and coaches with the staff and the C, you know, then you say, okay, what kind of game plan are we going to go into this game with Jalen that eliminates some of these big hits? Um, but ideally, once that player steps on the field, you know, we, we put on that armor and that suit of invincibility that think that we can do everything that we want to do. We don't try to limit ourselves in our ability to go out there and execute. So it's a part of saving Jalen from his decision-making as well once he's in the heat of the moment. And I think that's where things can get a little hairy and, um, you know, risk the reward. Obviously, you want the number one seed. You want home field advantage throughout. But I still think you can get that, you know, from the guy in Minshew at that position. And the other guy's got to elevate their play, too, around him. Yeah, so will having one of his offensive tackles out maybe have something to do with that decision as well? (laughs) Most definitely. You know, not having Lane out there, you know, you got to understand that. One one shot off the edge, you know what I mean? A block miss, a here and there, that's another hit that he's taking. So Lane is dealing with a torn tendon. In his abdominal area, mm. and he's he, put a plate in it. You'll be good. And, he, <laughs> and and this just came out today that he is now delaying surgery, yeah. which is understood because surgery, I would assume, takes him off Correct. for the rest of the season. Correct. So hope that this is something that could heal up over the next couple of weeks. You never know. Uh, as far as a torn tendon to the abdominal area, are we mm. talking about a painful spot there, John? Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, when you play in the trenches on the line, like yeah. you're using your core and everything, and you, everybody uses your core and everything from getting up to sitting down. So that is not an easy injury to play with, and I expect him to be out too until the playoffs just because, you know, he got to get it under control because he's going to use that every single play in the game. So, um, like you said, not having the surgery – you know, at least gives hope for him to come back to try and go out there and be effective, um, you know, as the, as the all-pro, Pro Bowl player that he is. So, you know, that, that's that's, that's going to be a, a tough call, but the right call is, you know, Lane saying, hey, I want to be there for my guys hopefully in two or three weeks when playoff time comes and see how it goes. Well, like we just d- talked about, and I guess we'll hit the fast-forward button. One, Lane Johnson not going to play. We know that. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts. I'm catching wind that he's not going to play. Again, I kind of feel like that if he was able to play, he would play. We're hearing certain things. I know that the all, uh, it's not the all pro, uh, Green Legion players show yesterday. Dave Spadaro was on there talking about possibly, hey, look, we're all talking like Jalen Hurts is cleared. That That is not the case. Of course, you get Sirianni at the podium today uh, on Wednesday. He was very, you know, blah about right. everything. So we understand that. Let's just say for the sake of this conversation, we're going with Gardner Minshew at the quarterback position, and they're going to move some things around at the offensive line. They have some pretty good players yeah. on uh, as far as depth is concerned in the offensive line. So not as easy for me to sit here and say, oh, it's going to be a quick fix, especially with the Saints defense. And that's where I want to pick this game up with you, John. This team the last four weeks has really showed out, including a 13 nothing loss. Granted, it was an L, but specifically yeah. talking about the defense here, 13 to nothing to the 49ers. They held their last four opponents under 20 points. Now, these four opponents aren't the, the best teams out there, but again, this defense is playing at a high level. Um, is it easy to believe that, you know what, they, they got this mentality that, you know, even though the season's over, 
we all we got on the defensive side of the ball with the Saints? Yeah, I don't think the season's over just yet. I think if Tampa wins, then True. Tampa wins the division. But you know, they're still in the hunt. They're going. They're coming here to win. They're coming here to get try to get in the playoffs. And like you said. The bright point for them has been their defense. The issue has been the offense not being able to put up points. Um, so, you know, they, they're coming in defensively with the mindset to go out here and ball out. And um, I don't think that the game plan against the Saints is going to be to throw the ball 30, 40 times a game. Like, you got to hand this rock off and hand it off to your biggest running back, who's, you know, 26 and Miles Sanders, which I didn't think they did enough of <laughs> since Jalen's been out. So I, I would expect them to use their cadence a lot, you know, maybe get, get some, uh, you know, encroachment penalties or flags in, on, on the front and try to maybe get in manageable down and distance. And, and still some uh, still some chain moving that way, but hitting the ball off. As far as Miles Sanders is concerned, last week against the Cowboys, I took this as a painful loss. I had the over as, as far as numbers were concerned for yards, and uh, if that would have hit, we would have cashed in our nice little brace for winnings. Uh, same game parlay on DraftKings Sportsbook, but unfortunately it didn't yeah. happen. But, hey, look, he got 21 carries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and did. he just wasn't able to get through that that first level. And I got to give credit to Dallas's defense because we know how strong the offensive line for the Eagles are. So I'm curious, when you were able – and, look, they were all saying it. It's one thing to tweet it out. Oh, yeah, now you're going to get our best effort, right? You know, a loss is a loss. I'm not going to sit here and say that the Eagles can't lose this game on Sunday. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to say that, right? I mean, I think – we're all in agreement on this one, especially yeah. with Gardner Minshew at the quarterback position. But if you're the offensive lineman from the Eagles and you say, all right, you know, you got your butts handed to you by the defensive line and the Cowboys. <laughs> How much does that have a carryover through the, the practice and getting ready for this week, knowing that it's got to be another constant flow of Miles Sanders getting the rock? Yeah, I, I think that the way defenses play them in the style without having that running QB can be different. And I think that played into the D-line being strong against the run without the threat of a running quarterback on the outside. And once again, that's something they're going to have to face this week. You know, defenses aren't afraid of Minshew's legs or breaking contain with him, you know. So they can play zones and gaps a little bit differently in the run game. And um, it's just up, just up to play design and understanding, you know, what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are for your, for your squad to go out there and execute six and a half that's a big time number on DraftKings Sportsbook is that pushing you one way or the other John you know yeah six I mean it's that's still a one score game mm-hmm. um you know both teams have a strong kicker strong leg so across the 50 you can get three hopefully depending on how they how they go about it but um but you know I do think that the Eagles is the better overall team now both of these teams have had injuries over the over the course of the season I don't know if the Saints O-line are going to be at full strength um they had guys in and out of the lineup but you know they're coached well up front with Coach Doug Marone and Zach Streif as the old line coaches, and, and and they know how to play. If they can eliminate their turnover woes, like a couple of weeks ago, Alvin Kamara fumbled on the on the goal line going yeah. in against San Fran, like that changes that that game right there. So it, it, it's more so to me about keeping the chains moving, staying in manageable distance, down in distance, and um, you know time of possession is going to be cold. It's supposed to rain, I think, a little bit that yeah. day. So like <laughs> I was yeah. working on trying to get tickets. Now uh, now you tell me it's going to rain. I uh, think it's supposed to rain earlier. Earlier in the day, though, early in the day. But, you know, weather condition plays a factor, especially with a dome team that's not used to playing outside a lot. Andy Dalton, mm-hmm. 
What's your thoughts on him right now? Because I think everybody out there that might be listening to this podcast goes, if Dalton's the quarterback, of course I'm going to bet against him. <laughs> what have you seen so far? And again, this offense really isn't putting it up there, but you still got Alvin Kamara. You got Andy Dalton who's been around the yeah. block a few times. Still got some decent receivers. What yep. are you seeing so far from Dalton? Yeah, you know, you would hope that they would have Michael Thomas. Um, I know he's been out for a few games. He's a big-time player. But, you know, the, the young player and, and Shahid that's been – you know, really showing his ability these last couple of weeks with the injuries that the Saints have had outside. I just think of who has the better unit. Is the wide receivers on the Saints or is it the, the secondary for the Eagles? And we know how good the secondary for the Eagles is. So, you, you know, that's going to be, you know, something that they're going to navigate. Um, I think Dalton is a is a pretty solid and good QB. He can make the throws. He's proven that. Um, but also is – I don't think the the formula for the Saints is to go and try to throw the ball 30, 40 times with Andy Dalton either. No. You know, I think you run behind your big guys up front and possess the ball and and try to you know put up points on the on the scoreboard um, efficiently and also just eat up that clock. So um, yeah, is Andy Dalton a good QB? I, I do think so. I think Taysom is one of the toughest QBs to actually plan for in that power run game and he showed you he can throw the ball long too to a speed guy so I mean I don't see them throwing the ball a lot with Taysom but he can throw the ball and run the ball in the power row for sure all right, let's continue around the path of the NFL. A couple quick hitters here, Joe, if we could. Yeah. And um, let's talk about the NFC South and what we have right now. Panthers coming out of nowhere. They're playing good football. They're running the football well. You got Brady who, I mean, really? You know, like what I just saw the other day, I just I felt bad for the guy, right? I like you can't outdo this guy. You're yeah, going we up do. Against... And then at the end, he just wins again. Yeah, <laughs> but, but but so here we are right now. And when you fire up DraftKings Sportsbook, you look. Tampa Bay Bucks are three point favorites over the Carolina Panthers. I'll yeah. tell you straight up, I like the Carolina Panthers. Mm. I do. Now, am I going to sit here and say? Bet everything you don't know. I would never, but I, I would not be shocked if the Panthers go down there and is win the game. I was in Tampa. I was going to say in Tampa, Tampa. Yeah, Tampa. yeah. You know, it's it, and look, the, the Carolina Panthers have their run game going right now with yeah. Foreman and Hubbard. The only thing to me that I think the Bucks have that could do efficiently is run the football as well with, with Leonard Fournette. Other right. than that, I have no confidence in Brady hooking up with wide receivers, whether it right. be Gage or anybody else. Right. So right now I'm looking at the Carolina Panthers possibly pulling that upset. Any thoughts on that game? Yeah, I hope the Panthers win and, and you know, that will keep the door open for uh, the Saints getting in the playoffs. Yep. Um, it's just, you know, like you said, John, like Brady is like theater. He wastes for his moments and yeah. he executes in his moments and it's just hard to go against that type of an elite player. Um, so, but, but yeah, you know, they're not having a good season. The South is probably one of the worst divisions in football record wise right now. So, I mean, uh, you expect the Panthers not to be playing well after firing rule and changing the coach. I mean, the quarterback position, but you know, everybody in the South is still able to uh, possibly get to the players. Well, I think the Falcons were eliminated Correct. last yeah, week. Yeah. The Falcons are eliminated. So, yeah. So, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. you got to play the games, man. Yeah, never been some changes in Carolina, but seems like Steve Wilkes might just be a better coach than Matt Rule, and Sam Darnold might have been the better quarterback out of the three <laughs> that have played this season. Which, yeah. I know Sam Darnold isn't much, but Sam Darnold's playing pretty well right now, and I think that has something to do with the offensive line and the way they run the ball that has certainly been But wasn't he a first-round draft pick? He was with the Jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so he, I think the talent was always there. It just was probably, you know, what kind of plays or system that he's in, so... You know, that doesn't surprise me when first-round draft picks show up like Geno Smith. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It just it doesn't surprise me. 
What about mentality? I wanted to talk to you about some end-of-the-season mentality for some teams out there, and I'll get into some different situations. But this Carolina Panthers situation intrigues me because, uh, forgive me, I, were they 1-6? Something along that. They were terrible. They were dreadful. And now they've turned it around, and they're they're in the running here. They're 4-2 and two in their last six. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is it a possibility, or, or do players think like this, where it's like, hey, man, when we stunk, that was a whole nother season. Like, yeah. put that behind you. We are a good football team right now. Yeah, sometimes when you change the, the locker room voice or or change the environment, change a little bit, you get a little shake up. It, it kind of gives a new light on things, and sometimes you can get players to react differently. Um, you know, so I do think that 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 could be happening. You see it happening in baseball, right? They changed the management with the Phillies. You yeah. know what I mean? Right here, they changed managers, and it's like the players didn't change. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> what happened? So I, I do think it does happen at times, and and they, you know, they they feel like that they can win. I don't. Players don't go into games thinking that they're. We're bad. Sorry for a bad. Oh, you're right. We're a podcast yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't go into the game thinking that they're like bad players. Like they go into the game thinking that they're the man. You know what I mean? They got to have that that bravado and that thought process. So it doesn't surprise me that a new voice, maybe a new style of play. I think one of their coaches, Al Holcomb, he's a linebacker coach down there. He was our linebacker coach at Bloomsburg. You know, in college. Wow. So he's been. This is his like second or third run with the uh, Panthers. Um, so I mean they they do have some some guys on that staff that have been around the block a little bit that can that can remotivate those guys. And as far as mentality at the end of the year, now next week we got the the mentality or the um, uh, for the players uh, perspective and when they're going after the incentives. So there's going to yeah. be plenty to play for next <laughs> right. week. Right. This week though, for a team that has nothing to play for, yeah. and I'm talking about they got all the disasters that could possibly be happening on the field. You got a lineman shoving a backup quarterback. You just fired the head coach. You got a contract with Russell Wilson. You don't know what to do. <laughs> the Denver Broncos are rolling into Kansas City. Mm. They're a double-digit dog. I, I Putting Kansas City to the side, we know what they can do. If Kansas City gives us 30, is there any chance that the Denver Broncos could get this going and maybe keep this close, maybe have a fight? Does it depend on the voices in the locker room? Or do you think that situation has snowballed so much that this week could be – the following two weeks could be a lost cause for the Broncos? No, I, I do think that they have enough um... – you know, professionals on that team to understand what's at stake just as a manhood or as a team, as organization. They, you know, they're not going to make their playoffs, obviously, but they're in spoiler alert right now. They're just trying to spoil it for the, for the other guys. So I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think players to lay down. I don't see players laying down. You're going to get their best shot. And I think 13 points is just a lot in the NFL, period. But they do got, you know, Mahomes and they got some weapons over there and they're one of the teams that can light it up quick. So could, could Denver cover? I don't know, man. They're not playing very well, man. No, but yeah. they but they lost like what eight, ten games by like one score or less. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? So like it was just concerning that was the first game defensively. They right. fell apart. So maybe to the, Rams. the point is right. Are they running out of steam? Right. Like the defense that was keeping them in every single game, are they finally just like raising the white flag? Like we got nothing left. Right. We've given it everything. <laughs> we got nothing left. Well, this is the wrong team to uh raise the white flag yeah, for because no, right. they'll yeah. put their knee on your throat and you know choke you out. So I, I don't think so. I think that, you know, they'll feel that energy of the type of team that they're playing against and how good they have been over the last five or ten years and just rise to the occasion and, and go out there and fight for it. Yeah, and I'm sure they don't want to go 0-11 against yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, a couple quick hitters on the way out here. Brock Purdy, you've mm. seen enough from him. That 49ers defense is ferocious. Yeah, yeah. Brock yeah. Purdy, if he doesn't turn the football over, which he hasn't in the three games, eight touchdowns, two interceptions, yeah. he's good enough. That's a team that can win it all, right? Uh 
you think they got enough? At, you think Purdy's enough? At I'm, QB ask, to win I'm asking it? you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That sounds I, like a no from him. No, yeah. I don't think so. I think when when you when you get in the playoffs, you play the elite of the elite. I don't think that they have enough at that position to win it all. And that's no knock on him. He's been playing pretty good. Like he's been playing well. I'm not saying that that they can't do it. I just feel like when you get in the playoffs. It, it it begets it becomes a little bit harder, very hard to go out there and and execute because there's more on the on the line. So I think that his his inexperience will show more in the playoffs than it did in the, the last couple of games of the regular season. For the Cowboys, and this is a question that uh, we have talked about a lot, of course, on on this show and on the podcast, and 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 you know, look, as a sports fan here in Philadelphia, that's always on the top of our minds, but. Putting all the Philadelphia stuff to the side, when playoffs come, right? Would you say that the Cowboys are a good bet? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that they're talented. Going into the Eagles game, they were number one. They were number two in sacks. Yep. You know what I mean? Right behind the Eagles, that like they had forty nine. Eagles had fifty five. So they can rush the passer, um, and that's big in the playoffs. And they they do have talent on their team to get it done. Um, do they have enough? I don't know. Some of their receivers surprised me against the Eagles. I didn't expect those guys to get off like they did against that secondary, but obviously there were a couple of injuries and things of that nature. So, you know, the NFC East is the the best division in football right now, so it wouldn't be surprising if the NFC East is represented in the Super Bowl. Quick last <laughs> thing, and this is quick. Yeah. Rest or no rest? Because we're getting this in terms of the Eagles yeah. and you know their spot. Yeah. But also, the AFC South is not determined this week, but next week. Yeah. These two teams this week, Titans and Jaguars, are playing for nothing this week. Mm, yeah. Rest or no rest? You know, you have to think about training camp, right? And I was on the last tier of two-a-days in training camp. I think like my last three, four, five years were the last time there were two-a-days in training camp. But it, it kind of has proven that you can back off and still have some success. So my thing is, where are my injuries at? If I have guys that are getting over injuries or borderline can be hurt with a wrong step here or hit here, those guys I kind of want to be at full strength come playoff time. So as a player, you – you, you don't want to, like, you want to relax but not get lax, and but you understand where rest can help. It's just you can't rest everybody. You can't rest the whole O-line. The trenches have to play regardless, especially in up front. So, you know, as players, we're like, well, if one person is going, then we all need to go. There's no way I'm going to put out my QB out there without his O-line. You know what I mean? And QBs are like, well, if my O-line is playing, I want to play. So you, you, you struggle with that mindset. But the goal is to have all your guys healthy come playoff. Absolutely. Great question, too. To end it right there, Jari Evans once again in studio. He can be heard right here on Fox Sports Radio, The Gambler, every Monday at 6 p.m. live from Chickies and Pete's in Marlton on the All Pro Philly Show. Be sure to follow Jari on socials. You can find him at J underscore seven. T-R-E underscore E, <laughs> and we'll tweet everything out at Fox PHL Gambler. Ja, final thoughts before you get out of here? Can't thank you enough for stopping in, man. Yeah, man. You know, this is second game, second year, what, the 17-game season. Um, you know, the bye is important, but, you know, you got to – you got to take the approach on having all your horses in the, in the stable ready to go, man. So I think it's going to be a fun next two weeks entering the playoffs, and it's going to be a fun playoffs. I really do. Who's the number one team right now in Week 17? Ooh. I think the number one team is, is the Eagles. I think the number one team in NFC is the Eagles to to, uh, to represent in the uh, Super Bowl. Um, even though, like you said, like San Fran, had, they have McCaffrey over there running back, and they got to hand the ball off. They can get into some handoff and some play action thing. I think Purdy can do some damage, but – 
Um, and on the other side, you know, you, you can't dial out Patrick Mahomes, you know, and his squad, man. He's just – the stuff he's able to do is like he, he, he finds a way to get the ball to his guys a new way every week. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's a freak. It's just, it's just wild, man. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, man. I think it's going to be a fun playoffs. Brace and JJ crack open a sixer this week. Six games, six plays, six pack of picks. All right, JJ, here we go. Week 17, let's open up this six-pack of picks with a tasty Thursday night matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans practice squad. You ready to go? Oh, cannot wait to see who's the running back behind Derrick Henry and Malik Willis, who's not really doing that well. <laughs> oh, can't wait for this one. Well, let's get some action in on it to make it, some, make it an interesting game. Let's put it that way. All right, bottom line is this. All risk, no reward for the Titans, right? The Titans have a Week 18 matchup on the road versus the Jags for the division. So right now, DraftKings, and I mean this right now, they have the Cowboys listed as a 12.5 point favorite, total set at 39.5. If you absolutely need action on this one, which I totally understand and I totally get, and it's probably going to be me as well, I have to look at the team totals and the player props from the Cowboys side. I can't give 12.5 in a meaningless game on Thursday night. I think Dallas can open it up and will do so to start the game. The team total is at 25.5 for Dallas. I would take the over on the team total and also look at cd lamb who is on another level right now a low total of 67 and a half for receiving yards for cd lamb he's gone over that number four out of his last five games so give me the over on cd lamb a little player prop and i'm going to take the over on the team total 25 and a half for the dallas cowboys you yeah the tennessee titans defense i'll give them some credit they've been keeping teams around Like, they got beat pretty bad by Jacksonville. They scored 36 points. Trevor Lawrence torched that defense. But since then, only 17 points to the Chargers, 19 points to Houston and losses. The thing is, though, let's take a look at a defense like Denver. Very good, but worn down, and they got beat bad. I think this is the game where they just get worn down a bit too much. They've been trying to keep their team in these games, but I don't think they'll be able to. Dallas likely going to get some turnovers off of Malik Willis. No Derrick Henry. I don't think they're going to move the ball much. That means short fields for Dallas. I think this is a pollard Elliott game. I'm going to lay the points. Tennessee's just not a good offense without Derrick Henry and without Ryan Tannehill. Malik Willis isn't ready to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Meanwhile, Dallas is absolutely rolling. I think their offense puts up enough points to cover that number. So It always pays off to take a look at some of these look-ahead numbers as well. Heading into the previous Week 16, before the Cowboys beat the Philadelphia Eagles, this was a three-point spread on the look-ahead line. Now up to 12. How about that, sports fans? Next! All right, to Sunday we go, and I believe the biggest game on the day. Panthers on the road versus the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the NFC South is on the line. First up, for the game, the Tampa Bay Bucks are a three-point home favorite with the total set at 40-and-a-half. The division numbers, though, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are minus 350 on DraftKings Sportsbook and Panthers plus 300 to win the South. If you believe the Panthers win this game, you might want to sprinkle a little on Carolina to win the South, but that means the Bucks must lose two in a row. But it's also possible because Tampa Bay is not a good football team right now, and that final game of the regular season is on the road in Atlanta. Let's focus on this game, JJ. Where do you stand? I'm going to end up taking the Carolina Panthers. Oh! The reason for that is, is Sam Darnold good? Is Sam Darnold the savior for the Carolina Panthers this season? Look, he was only 15 of 22 for 250 yards and a touchdown against Detroit, and that's not really a great defense, but... 
what's really been keeping teams at bay is Tam Darnold's ability to run. You take a look, six carries, 19 yards, but when he did hold the ball, he made them pay, including Aiden Hutchinson for Detroit. But it was really his zone reads plays that were getting Deontay Foreman some open space, Chuba Hubbard some open space. I think that's really unlocking the potential of this offense. Sam Darnold getting it done with his legs, but also throwing the ball pretty well. I think Steve Wilkes has done a great job with this Carolina team, and I'm just going to get the points here against Tampa Bay. I think not only Carolina can cover this one, but win and also potentially win that division. They've been really good as of late, and I think a lot of it has to do with Sam Darnold and some of the things he can do with his legs. Where do I stand on this game? I'm leaning the Carolina Panthers side. I'm right there with you. The Tampa Bay Bucks are not a good football team, even though they find ways to win. I just don't see that that's going to play out right here, right now. I think Carolina's playing a lot better football at the end of the season than they were, and their record shows you as well, 4-2 and two in their last six. My play on this one, though, I'm going to go with the under 40.5, and, and here's why. The strength of the Tampa Bay Bucks, in my opinion, is Leonard Fournette running the football. The strength of the Carolina Panthers, I'll do respect to your boy Sam Darnold, which you seem to be really big on. I, I don't know why, but anyways. He's playing well. Uh, all right. Well, Chuba Hubbard and, of course, Deontay Foreman are the reason why they continue to win here. So I think the clock will be chewed up. And therefore, tick, 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 tick. Shout out Chris Berman. I think the under is the play. Under four and 40 and a half is my go-to on this one. Like I said, going to sprinkle on Carolina to win this game. I'm going to hold off on the division, and we'll see what happens after this game as far as those numbers are concerned. But under 40 and a half, my play right here. Next! All right, here we go. Bears and Lions, and you will hear my same game parlay breakdown on a one-off podcast. That's why you need to subscribe to Brace for Winnings wherever you get your podcast out. We'll have that available for you on Friday. However, the Lions return to Detroit Rock City, and they are six-and-a-half-point favorites here. This opened up at about four-and-a-half at most books. Total a robust 52-and-a-half. That's the highest number on the board in NFL Week 17. These teams played in early November, and it was an amazing back-and-forth battle. 31-30, to Detroit won on the road. Uh, however, though, Fields, he had himself a day. He rushed for 147 yards, two touchdowns in the first meeting, and he threw for two scores as well. Detroit. They had won six out of their last seven before the Panthers ran right past them this past Saturday. The Panthers torched the defense for Detroit for a franchise record 320 yards and ultimately handed them a 37-23 a road loss. J.J., I'm going with the Lions at home, and I like points in a big way. Lions get back to winning football and win by plus 10 and as I said, same game parlay coming your way. A lot of TDs and a lot of points from Dan Campbell's squad. Where do you stand? Yeah, definitely like the Detroit Lions offense to score. A little bit of a hiccup on the road against Carolina, but they were due for a letdown spot here at home against Chicago against that defense that just gave up 35 points. I think Detroit's offense is going to be fine. But what I have a problem here with and why I like Detroit laying it is Justin Fields has been really good. It's just that the offense itself since he has come back from his injury, has not. So he got injured against Atlanta, missed the Jets game, came back against Green Bay. Since then, 19 points by the Chicago offense, 20 points, and 13 against Buffalo. They have not scored more than 20 points in those three games, and he has not had a rushing yard total of over 100 in those three games as well. Look, not his fault. He's a great quarterback. I think he's playing well. 
Problem is, the offense is just slowing down around him. It's not very good. I think the offense has just kind of hit a wall here, and that makes me think Detroit's going to win this one pretty big. I'm going to lay the six with Detroit. Right there with you. Should be a great game. Once again, be sure to check out that same game parlay one-off coming your way tomorrow. Next! Game four, and this is in our backyard, JJ. The Philadelphia Eagles, who are most likely without Jalen Hurts. Things could change quickly, but the Eagles right now in DraftKings Sportsbook are six-and-a-half-point favorites, total coming in at 43-and-a-half. Quick note here, Eagles win, they get the opening bye, and they clinch home field throughout the NFC playoffs. The Saints, though, on the flip side, their defenses are rolling. Last four opponents under 20 points. Just think the Eagles, who return home after three weeks on the road, are ready to get to the link and dominate up front. I know Lane Johnson will be out, but they have plenty of horses in the stable that could fill in and fill in effectively on the offensive line. I like the Eagles to throw up 30-plus at home and get things moving in the right direction after a tough loss to Dallas on Christmas Eve. A lot of jaded personalities in that Eagles locker room right now as we speak. Watch out for Miles Sanders. Birds roll on Sunday. Your thoughts, J.J.? Yeah, I think the birds could. I have some questions about that, though, mostly because of New Orleans' pass defense has been pretty good. They rank 11th in DVOA. They rank 21st in rush defense DVOA. So the Eagles can run the ball, but how effective is the Eagles' running game without their MVP quarterback and one of their best runners in Jalen Hurts? Does he really open things up for them? Is the zone read option with him the reason why they're able to get these big chunk plays in the running game? They weren't really successful against Dallas. They didn't really do it as much against Dallas. They didn't get Miles Sanders involved too much against Chicago. Is Jalen Hurts the reason for them unlocking things in the running game, and will they be able to do it against New Orleans with Gardner Minshew on her center? It's enough for me to question that five and a half, that six, but I would lean the Eagles, although if this number does get high enough, I will end up taking the Saints. So this is one wherever you can get it with the number that is best. But as of right now, five and a half, I think that number works well for the Eagles. I'm going to lay that. Yeah, I don't disagree with you if it does climb above a touchdown I think you could very well talk me into taking the Saints but at the same time you're getting Jalen Hurts back with that number bumping up to that point so then I might be able to come right back and take the Eagles with Jalen Hurts again he hasn't played in two weeks though no practice this week I I really don't expect him to play hasn't been cleared as of Thursday I just don't expect we're gonna see him on Sunday so we'll see but right now six six and a half is the number on DraftKings Sportsbook with the total at 43 and a half and I just want to put this out there all new customers take advantage of that great sign up offer over at DraftKings Sportsbook bet five dollars to win 150 bet five to win 150 and if you're thinking about taking the eagles you look at that money line they're minus 275 so you gotta lay 275 to win 100 well, new customers sign up use winnings as the promo code five dollars will get you 150 take the birds on sunday and bring in the new year with a bag All right, game five, and to the nighttime we go, J.J., and I can't believe they put the Pittsburgh Steelers back on primetime. Last week, it was a tough pill to swallow to watch that game. Yeah, I barely made it through, and I had the Steelers in a miracle over the Raiders. I thought they were trying to honor Franco Harris. Either way, a win is a win. Now, this Sunday night... It's the Steelers and Ravens, black and blue, like my favorite burger from Applebee's, JJ. You got to try one. This game is going to be tough. I don't expect points, no matter if Lamar Jackson plays 
or not, which I don't think he will, but I'm looking at the total here. First up, the Ravens are three-point favorites with Lamar's status up in the air, total coming in at 35, the lowest total on the DraftKings board this week. JJ, you first. Where do you go? Both these pass defenses aren't that good, so it comes down to the better pure passer, although some may think that Tyler Huntley is the better pure passer in Baltimore. He's not been that good. Completion percentage under 60 in his last two games. has a total QBR of 36. He's just not getting it done. He's a good backup quarterback. The problem is you need really good play to do anything in that offense because they're just not very good. Meanwhile, since week 12, PFF has Kenny Pickett as the third highest graded quarterback in the NFL. That's behind only Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. Look, it's not leading to a lot of points, and I don't think Kenny Pickett's playing like the third best quarterback since week 12 in the NFL, but he is playing better. He's not turning the ball over. Pittsburgh has the sixth ranked defense in terms of DVOA in terms of stopping the run. So I think Pittsburgh's rush defense is going to keep Baltimore at bay. And I think Pittsburgh can move the ball just well enough because they have the horses on the outside too. George Pickens is playing well. Deontay Johnson's still very good. That team is loaded with some talent. Baltimore's just not, and they're not getting the quarterback play. So as long as Lamar Jackson's out and it's Tyler Huntley, I like the Ravens to win this one. I'll take the two and a half, but since it's under three and I like it so much, I'm going to go money line with Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't think we see Lamar Jackson play here. So I'm going to take the under. These teams can't score. It would be a miracle for this game to get to 40 with both of these offenses. It's at 35. That's really low. But I'm going to hold my nose and take the under here and hope they keep Lamar Jackson on the shelf. However, if he does play, I think that bumps up the total as well. And he hasn't practiced or played in a little while, so I think that's advantage for the under on the total. However, primetime unders, just want to put this out there. Last week, 4-0, a perfect 4-0 to the under in primetime games last week. I think that trend continues this week, especially here in Sunday Night Football. I'm on the under here between the Steelers and the Ravens. Next! All right, JJ, game six, and they saved the best for last. Two elite quarterbacks going head-to-head, Josh Allen versus Joe Burrow, and some are saying this could be an instant classic. Well, I agree with that. (laughs) Uh, Two elite quarterbacks, which one are you going to take here? A huge game for both as the Bengals are trying to win their division, and the Bills are in front for the overall number one seed. However, a loss either way could spell doom for both of these squads in their pursuit for the division or the overall number one seed. So with that, how do you see this one playing out, JJ? For me, I like the Bills to come out, take an early lead. Now I'm nervous about Cincinnati having success, airing it out, and I think they will do exactly that in the second half. Bills secondary is a little suspect. We know that after that Minnesota debacle. I'm looking at the Bills to come come out, open up, run the football effectively. Josh Allen making plays with his legs. I'm taking the Bills first half minus a point and a half on DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's dance. Yeah, I would say the Bills' offense may be more explosive just because Josh Allen's just that kind of talent with his legs, big arm. But Cincinnati is just like death by a thousand paper cuts and death by basically Joe Burrow being the coolest guy in the room. Really, the thing is here for me, these are two even teams, two really good teams. I think these are maybe the two best teams in the AFC. I know Kansas City included that conversation, but their defense not nearly as good as with the Bengals and the Bills. The Bills slightly edge Cincinnati in a lot of categories, whether that's pass defense, whether that's rush defense, rushing the ball. 
and Cincinnati edges them just a little bit in the passing game. I think that's more because the two guys on the outside, Chase Higgins, very, very good. But the difference here is just the home road split. So Cincinnati has been a very good home team. They've been very good against the spread, 12-3 and against the spread this season. But at home, they average 29 points per game. On the road, they average 24. And at home, their opponent's points per game drop three. They go from 21.8 points per game allowed on the road to 18.3 at home. They're 5-1 and one at home, 6-3 and three on the road. They're a great, great team in Cincinnati, and I expect that to be the same. And if you want to take a look at quality of opponent, of teams at home while well, Cincinnati took on the Kansas City Chiefs. They won 27-24. I like Cincinnati at home here. Just want to point this out here. DraftKings has the Bills as a point road favorite with the total heading, uh, holding steady at 49.5. Kind of important to mention that as we're breaking the game down. But look, I hear your thoughts and I agree with you. I, I think Cincinnati will prevail after it's all said and done, but I like the Bills to come out and, and get it going early. So therefore, that's why I'm going to play that first half line and and then, you know, just sit back and enjoy the second half like everybody, every other fan out there that doesn't have any action on it. It's going to be a great game. It's the best game in the Week 17 card, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this one plays out. No matter what, get over to DraftKings Sportsbook and make sure you take advantage of all of their offers, including that new customer offer that I mentioned a little earlier, and use promo code WINNINGS. Yes, indeed. You know what that tune means. It's coming down to home stretch. Brace of four winnings. Episode three. Already three episodes in the bank, John Jansen. In the bank. Yeah. Sean Brace. In what? the book. We're talking about the books. Oh, oh. In the book. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook. It was easy. It was right there for you. There you go. You'll be better next time. On hopefully. a T. Yeah. Well, can't make any guarantee. This time, I'm hoping to come away with a few winners. So here we go. Some chart darts. Let's throw some darts at the bullseye and see if we get a few here. For me, I am going with the Cowboys team total over 25 and a half on Thursday night football. And watch out for C.D. Lamb over 67 and a half on his receiving yard props. Once again, four out of his last five has gone over that total. Panthers and Bucks, give me the under 40 and a half. I like a lot of clock to run, especially with the run game between both of those teams. Eagles at home. Welcome back. Minus six against the Saints. Give me the birds. Lions and Bears, oh my, give me points. But I like the Lions minus six and a half. And be sure to watch out for my same game parlay that will be available tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe to this fine podcast right here. Sunday night football. Yeah, it's going to be another snoozer. Steelers and Ravens, but give me the under 35 and a half. Let's see if we can get a winner there. And Monday night football on the opposite end of the spectrum there. Let's go. Fireworks all day. Two elite quarterbacks. Give me the Bills first half at minus one and a half for you, sir. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys as well, laying the 12. I just don't think Tennessee's going to have enough offense in this one. Tennessee's defense has been playing well, but there's got to be a breaking point somewhere. I think it happens against Dallas. Not going to worry about a Dallas letdown here. I'm going to take the Eagles laying the six against New Orleans. Not enough firepower there for the Saints, although the number's really close. I'm going to take Carolina Panthers plus three. The return of Sam Darnold. He's really opened up the run game with these own read options. you got to respect the legs of Sam Darnold. Weird to say, but teams are doing it, and 
It's leading to big plays in the running game for Carolina. Detroit laying the six. Bears offense, they're really starting to hit a wall here. Don't think that changes against Detroit. I'm going to lay the six with them. Pittsburgh plus two and a half. Kenny Pickett playing well. Third in PFF ranking at four quarterbacks since week 12. Also taking Cincinnati. Going to lay or get the one here against Buffalo. Cincinnati, one of the best home teams in the NFL. Think that continues against Buffalo. And I'll add a bonus one, Sean Brace. Do it. Teddy Bridgewater, one of the best ever against the spread. Yes, one of the best ever, and especially as a road underdog, 19-4 against the spread as a road underdog. Give me Teddy Bridgewater getting the three. I think Miami wins outright. New England Patriots, not very good. Their offense, complete disaster. Matt Patricia, who knew he wouldn't be able to play design call plays? Not really working out there. I think Miami has enough firepower offensively to beat the Patriots. Give me Miami plus three. Yeah, and shout out to uh, thoughts are with him because Nobody wants to see that. Now, that's a second concussion, and it's just unfortunate. But, uh, you know, it's the state of the game in the NFL. Uh, those dudes hit hard, and they run really fast. So a lot of bad things do happen from time to time. Our thoughts are into it. Anyways, let's keep it moving once again. Brace for Winnings, the podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Be sure to use promo code WINNINGS. And once again, shout out to our good friend Jari Evans for popping on this episode of Brace for Winnings for John Jansen. Future Hall of Famer Jari Evans. Right. Come on, Brace. Future Hall of Famer. Let's go. For JJ, I am Sean Brace. Everybody get those green check marks, and we'll check back in next Thursday in our brand new episode of Brace for Winnings. Brace for Winnings, your weekly stop for all things wagering on the NFL. An iHeartRadio podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Mm-mm. Brace for Winnings is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort, journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.